open, candid, honest clarity. Let's talk to the newsmakers and politicians and influencers, and let's ask them your questions. Let's be clear. Thanks for listening to the Let's Be Clear podcast. Will Ewick, along with Chris Canergiani and Stephanie Metzger, recounting our interviews, the Let's Be Clear interviews with some of the movers and shakers, and as Chris always says, the bona fide newsmakers around the state of Ohio. And there's no arguing that our guest for this episode was somebody not only making news, he was kind of dictating how things were being done in the state, but also he was trying to do so for the country. Uh, Governor John Kasich, the former governor of Ohio, had a run for the Republican uh, nominee back when President Trump ended up taking it. And now there's a lot of rumors flaring on will he run again, either as an independent or try to run against President Trump for the next election. Yeah, we had a heads up that we wanted to get him as a guest. I remember probably we started talking maybe in November about this idea of maybe we should get Kasich. He'd be good. So December, we were trying to make the connections. Uh, at that point, he hadn't announced that he was going to be a, a network commentator, so we didn't really know. And that was that was a, that was was one of the big gets for us for the first season, I think, uh, was getting John Kasich lined up. Okay, now we're getting political, and we know that this is a very polarized country, so we weren't really sure what type of questions we were going to get. Uh, I didn't, I'll be honest, I don't go back and look through all of them because I know there's probably terrible ones and some great ones and some bad ones, and Stephanie kind of goes through that. Was it filled with the the muck that you thought it would be, or were people pretty classy with this one? Oh, it was mucky. <laughs> um, I think with this one, almost more so than most of the Let's Be Clears that we've done so far, um, there was definitely a lot of negativity going on in the comments section of our Facebook page. Um, that's not to say that, you know, all of the remarks were trolls or that they were all nasty, but there were there was a lot of negativity being thrown at Kasich. Um, just a lot of people who were either questioning his stance against President Trump or people just questioning his, you know, perspectives and stances in general. So this one was a little bit difficult to kind of pick through some of these questions because we do want to get viewer questions in there. We want, you know, viewers to feel like we're using their questions and asking them. But it was also, you know, it kind of required a little bit of editorial thinking on some of these. That's the one thing you do a great job of is you'll take somebody's theme of their question. But if it's it filled with maybe, let's say, swear words <laughs> or things like that, you kind of funnel that out and give the overall theme to me so that I can ask. And we did ask Governor Kasich about where he stands. Would he run against Trump? Would he take a cabinet position? Does he consider himself a Republican? And he answered all those in our Let's Be Clear interview. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Be Clear. Uh, We are on the campus of Otterbein University today, and the reason we are in Westerville is because you probably recognize our guest today, which is former governor of Ohio, John Kasich, and you kind of call this place home right around here, Um, Governor. I want to ask you, I'll start off with this, a lot of people wondering, what are you doing now? Well, Otterbein's been very generous. They've wanted me to be on the campus, so I get a chance to see students and, uh, you know, from time to time, meet with them, whatever. And uh, so, you know, I, I work now as a, um, a person that participates in CNN. I also have a speaking career. We're building a company. Uh, probably going to do some stuff uh, with XM Radio um, and writing another book. And there may be a couple other things we'll have to see. So I'm pretty busy. What are you going to be doing a year from now? Oh, going to be in Iowa? Yeah. No, I, I really don't know. I mean, the politics is ever-changing. Yeah. And my options are still on the table. But it's time to kind of move on with some things. And... I, uh, you know, people might think, you know, it's a political answer. It's not a political answer. I really don't know what I'm going to do, but here's what I do know. If I don't think I can win, then it would be no purpose to running. Some people would want you to run for a message or to wound the president or whatever. That's just not my bag. 
question we got is from Olivia. It says, do you still consider yourself a Republican? Yeah, I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. And I have an, I've had an ability as the governor to kind of define what it means to be a Republican. Uh, but, you know, now I'm not in there, but I'm still active and still want to participate. So, yeah, yes, I'm still a Republican. But people have to realize the Republican Party was my vehicle and never my master. It's just something that... Uh, I, and look, I'm conservative, um, but I want to bring people together. I don't want people to be divided. We do better in America when we put the country first and we're unified as opposed to, you know, fighting and squabbling over everything. What is it with the polarization? Is it actually this bad? No, I, th- I think uh, there is a lot of uh, a polarization, but the polarization kind of starts with you and with people who are on Facebook or social media. I mean, it's not just somebody else. If we want to try to get that behind us, then we need to do it uh, individually. Now, I just had an article published uh, in the Washington Post on Sunday. Um, Hillary Clinton and I wrote something together about saving the elephants. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of right things about working together, but it has to start with, uh, with all of us, not somebody else. You have a, a unique perspective that a lot of people don't have. Let's talk about this for a second, Governor, because when you run for president or when you're in a governor, like, you can't have a bad day. Right, you can't have well, a you skeleton do. in your closet. Well, you do. How do you deal with that? Well, you do. You just try to be let people know, you know, that uh, you try your best, but you're going to make mistakes, and you know we're all flawed. I mean, we, if we're looking for perfection, uh, that was two thousand years ago, okay, uh, with one man that lived on this earth. All of us are flawed. All of us at times can be hypocritical, but we know that the next day we can pick ourselves up, and that's the hope, and do better. Let's get to some more questions here that we're getting online. Uh, if there were no term limits, would you have gone for a third term as governor? Of no, no. You, you can only do this job for a couple terms. Um, no, you know, I still have a zillion ideas, but it's time for somebody else. And no, I, I would not have run again. Is there unfinished business? Was there, was there one thing that you look back on and say, man, oh, I really wish I could have got well, this Well, there's always things you want to get done. But the, the most important thing is the, is the model that we created. If people studied it deeply, that... We really didn't uh, use a lot of political considerations when we made decisions. We looked at a problem and we went and solved it and or did our best to solve it. And I think that's a model. When politicians start trying to figure out the ins and outs and who do you make mad and who do you make happy, you're so confused you don't make very good choices. Somebody wants to know when you kind of pass the torch over to Governor Mike DeWine, what advice did you give him? Uh... You know, I just told him to not play politics, but, you know, I'm done. I mean, it's sort of like I left Congress, too. I mean, after nine terms there, I went when I was 30. I left when I was 48. I always said that, you know, as a former congressman, you know, it's like you don't go hanging out down there any more than you drive around the parking lot once you graduate from high school. (laughs) So I'm done, and it's up to them, and I've left the state. uh, We have, my team left the state in great shape. Now the question is, can we get to the next level? From Joey, if it weren't for politics, what would you be doing? Well, I'm not in politics now, so I'm doing a lot of different things. And I enjoy uh, the commentary. I enjoy my speaking career. I like writing. This be my fifth book that I'm going to write. And I'm building a company. I'm deeply interested in business, too. What's your interpretation of the shutdown of the border wall? Shouldn't have shut it down. Of course, we need to have border security, but don't get hung up on one phrase and who you're going to make mad again. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So we need to get beyond it. Someone is asking if President Trump called you to offer you a cabinet position. No. Wouldn't take it? 
I, no, I just said no. Okay. And I don't think that offer's coming, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Um, were you ready for the presidential campaign? Was your family? And this kind of goes back to having everything you do under a microscope. Was it yeah. different than you thought? or No, it was great. It was great. What I learned along the way was it's not so much about your issues. You need to connect with people first, and then the issues come a little bit later. But I had a great time. Yeah. What did you learn four years ago that you would do differently, or what should President Trump's opponent do in 2020? Well, I mean, there's no mystery. I would do more of what I was doing and, and do it, you know, I would continue to do it. When I started, I was really unknown. So now that I'm more known, I mean, that there's no, like, surprise thing I have in some drawer somewhere about the magic elixir. It's about being able to convince people that you understand them, you, you care about them, and you want them to do well. It looks like we're getting uh, some questions about President Trump. Obviously, you guys butted head, and then uh, the, the recent news with Senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio calling him a racist. What, what do you think? I of don't the call names. I don't call names. What, what do you think of the president? I, I don't call names. I don't agree with him. I didn't vote for him. I didn't. I, I didn't support him, and I'm disappointed. We have so much division. Yeah. And you, we were talking about polarization, how to bring that country. If, if let's say you were running in 2020, what, what would your kind of, I guess, vision be for unity and bringing everyone together? Well, we do better when we're together, and we do worse when we're divided. And let's let's agree there's some things we're going to disagree upon, but let's focus on the things that we can agree upon. Why is Ohio such a big deal politically? I mean, there's the old saying, right? As well, goes it's Ohio, a lot of, so it's goes a lot of electoral votes, and uh, you know, Ohio's been trending more Republican lately. I don't know that that's going to continue, but people were pretty happy here when all the Republicans were elected that ran statewide. But I think it was because nobody really was up in arms about bad things that were happening in the state. And I think that that sense of uh, including everybody from top to bottom is something that, uh, that was appealing to people. When you look back, you were governor of Ohio. What do you hope you're remembered by, legacy-wise? Um, that I did, we didn't forget anybody, everybody from top to bottom, whether you were rich, whether you were poor, whether you were hurt, whether, whatever, you were included. We are on Otterbein University. My producer's great, out there. Great place. People ought to check it out. We're right here outside the stadium. Many years ago, I used to run in here. I would walk from my home here in Westerville to this stadium. It's really a fantastic place. That's how you stayed in such great shape. You look great. Well, I, I work <laughs> A little it, bit of running around. But the fact is, is it's, it's a fun university, and... Uh, People ought to, ought to check it out. When you're considering where you want to go, uh, they limit the amount of student debt you can get. There's great opportunities and, and great expertise at the school. That's exactly what a student wants to know. What inspires you about being on a campus, on a college campus? Oh, I like hanging you? out with the students. I mean, that's what's exciting. I mean, and, and the professors, of course, it's ideas. I'm a big person that ideas are what give you real life. And uh, so between the intellectual stimulation that comes from discussion of ideas, but it's just great to be with the students. You mentioned the students. We have about four or five in here right now. I want to bring them in. Let's be clear, transparency. Uh, one of you, do you have a question for Governor Kasich? Well, Governor Kasich, first of all, thank you for being here. And I was kind of curious if you have any intention to possibly teach to some of the students. I'm going to, it's going to be very limited in terms of, I'm going to have to see how over time, how the rhythm all works out, because I don't want to take too much on. But being here, you know, being here at the campus, having students come in and see me when I'm in the office, or maybe popping into a class or something, but in terms of offering a regular class, I don't anticipate that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's today. We got to, Hopefully, we'll be here a long time, and at some point when I get old, which is going to be many, many years from now, I might want to just teach. I don't know. Okay? Good question, though. A student outside that wants to know about driving a Tesla. 
What's the what? well? You know, it's uh, it's it's very cool. I mean, it's an electric car. I got it. Uh, I don't know about a month ago, and I wanted to have one because it is about the future. It does help the environment. It's uh, it's really like driving an iPad. It's a really <laughs> remarkable experience, and. Um, there's so many things connected to it that I'm still finding things after a month, and I think I've got another month of Sundays to go before I'm done discovering anything. But, um, you know, in terms of charging, people want to know how far can you drive. It's like 230 miles. I have a, you know, a plug-in in my garage that I put in, so when I pull the car in at night, I plug it in. Car can, we can actually, um, we can also upload... Uh, software. I had one done last night. It does automatically. It's, uh, it's very, very cool. It's a lot of fun. The future's coming out as fast. It's going to be great. What's the biggest problem in the state of Ohio right now? What are we facing? Uh... Well, it's we're getting older is one thing. And secondly, how do we grow our population? Because we're up almost 600,000 jobs. I mean, wages are up faster than the national average. People's health insurance, we're at, a, I think, at an all-time low in terms of beating back the uninsured, having a, a lower number of people who are uninsured. Um, but economically, we've got money in the bank, the budget's structurally balanced. It's getting to the next level, diversifying Ohio's economy, taking risks, doing workforce development so our, our people are prepared. But the big challenge is how do we get more population in here? That's really a question. Um, and then real quick on this, we're getting the wrap up, but yep. building off of the biggest issue facing Ohio, what's your idea of the biggest issue facing the nation right now? The, you know, the fact that we're divided and we right. need to pull ourselves together and we can get that done. And, you know, the, one of the big issues that was facing Ohio were the Cleveland Browns, but I took care of that before. <laughs> Governor, right, thank, thank you so you. much. We thank you for being a part of Let's Be Clear. One of the things that stands out, the two things actually that stand out from this interview, um, one was that we not only had an audience, but we had students who were standing outside. We didn't have the monitor volume up, but they were kind of watching. They were they were communication students, maybe even television students. Uh, I think some political science too. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were Audubon students, and that was actually cool to have them there. And and uh, the, the truck just has this presence that you do stop and stare, and you're like, what is going on there? It's one thing that is kind of fun about the truck. What I remember is that, and then Kasich was like, let's get those students in here. Bring them on in here. You know, like, and we were fine with it, but it was just, he just took command of the ship, basically, you know, when he was there. And kind of takes you back a bit, but that, maybe that's what some people would say makes him a great politician or a good leader is like, we're going to get the kids in here. We're going to talk to them. And uh, the second thing is that he pulled up in a Tesla, and um, which I thought was kind of cool, actually, that he had a Tesla. But, uh, and I'm not telling any tales out of school, it was... We could tell that it was still new to him. Maybe that's a nice way to put it, that that it was still um, a curious operation of it. But it did look like it was a sweet white Tesla that he pulled up in and left in. Drove, he drove himself, actually. The, the one thing that I noticed about the interview is uh, Governor Kasich is very precise. He, This is my answer, and let's move on. I don't always remember him being that way as much as he was, and I wonder if that's a little bit of because he's out of – a seat right now. He's not. He doesn't have to give necessarily the political answer because he's not the governor. He's not he's, trying to get your vote right now. Exactly. Yeah. So he it gives him a little bit of uh, leeway to be a little more brass. And when we ask him something along the lines of, "Would you accept a, a cabinet position for President Trump?" He can just say, "No, I just said no." <laughs> and he doesn't have to be nice about yeah, it. Yeah. He. We got to see who him. I felt it was a pretty honest look at who he is. Yeah, I think we made great use of the time that we were given between the questions and then between. 
getting the answers that we knew we wanted, for instance, asking him if he'll consider running, um, which to me, reading between the lines, is his answer was no. I know he didn't outright say that. Um, so, yeah, I think we did make really good use of that time considering we didn't have, you know, an endless amount. Politics aside now, we go to one of the biggest stories uh, to really ever hit Cleveland, the miracle in Cleveland. Three girls held captive for nearly a decade. Uh, They all escaped. I think a lot of us that were here remember uh, covering this, or even if we weren't here, we remember seeing about this because it was an international story. One of the girls, Gina DeJesus, joins us in the next episode of the Let's Be Clear podcast. We thank you for listening to the Let's Be Clear podcast. (laughs) 